You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, July 6th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently and recently just launched Just Baseball. Be sure to check that out, guys. Or maybe, if by any chance you're up into the little pop culture entertainment sphere of things, you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blaze Gusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come, guys. But most importantly, of this here Locked On Padres podcast, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that, my friends, is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'd love to get back to you, and I'd love to interact with you. It's always fun. I've been tweeting a lot more, especially from the Padres account. Just trying to ramp up and just, I don't know, get convos started and just feels like we're all hanging out that's what's so fun about the twitter sometimes when you feel like you're you're tweeting about the same topic that everybody follows you for it's 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 a whole lot of fun today's episode guys is brought to you by a podcast that it's look if you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over the upcoming prospects maybe you're an orioles fan seeing your team get swept by the angels and you're saying man I can't wait for Grayson Rodriguez to come out. Well, we have the podcast for you, and that's Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-pay voice Arm Layton, also a good friend of mine and founder of Just Baseball, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. That's right. It's the only one. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, guys, on the, in terms of the whole question thing, remember, this Friday is my 300th episode. Keep sending me questions. I've actually had a couple people send me some stuff already, but uh, and there should be a tweet going out today by the time you hear this episode for you to like message me and all that stuff. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Looking for as many questions as possible, even some rapid-fire ones. I don't know. Whatever you want to ask me, I will answer. Obviously, try and keep it baseball. But hey, if you can't, if you really just want to ask me, you're just dying to ask me what I think of the new Space Jam movie or whatever. I know that it's not out yet, but you get what I'm saying. Whatever it is, uh, I'd love to answer it. But for today's show, guys, we got a fun one. Uh, probably not super going to talk too much about last night's game, to be honest with you. I'm still going to recap it, but then we are going to talk with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. Kind of a little bit of a crossover uh, preview of this uh, here upcoming series and a series that's already started and it should be a lot of fun us just talking about the Nationals Josh breaking down the team that is a little bit better than some people might think so with that said first let's talk about last night's game guys because last night's game was certainly a game it was actually a pretty good game despite the fact that the Padres did lose 7-5 to and Joe Musgrove did get whacked uh, pretty bad in this one going 5 innings giving up 5 runs on 7 hits walking 1 striking out 4 his area is now 2.97 on the year which is still fine which is still fine um, what I will say about this is uh, Joe Musgrove has a very bad start to the game giving up a Trey Turner home run, uh, a solo shot, and then giving up four more runs after that. But then basically goes three more innings or so, and is kind of cool throughout the rest of them. So he does battle, which I did appreciate about him. That says a lot, that he starts off really poorly and then battles and then comes back and is great. Um, So really appreciate that. And another thing is I've seen some people... 
not even this isn't even a Padres thing, but just in general, every time a pitcher who's been dominant this season, and Joe Musgrove has been dominant for a, a good portion of this season, uh, people are always wondering, well, you know, uh, is this the sticky stuff thing? Was he using the sticky stuff? I think bottom line is we need to start getting used to every pitcher looking a little bit more mortal, uh, with the exception of Jacob DeGrab, apparently. But I think there's a good amount of pitchers in baseball that we should all not expect to be uh, under the 2.0 ERA for too much longer. You know what I'm saying? And, and Musgrove was floating around there for a little bit. He was at 2.08 um, after his Houston Astros start back on um, May 30th. But I do think, you know, you look at his past couple starts, he gave up five runs to the Reds, or which is, you know, a, a pretty good team in fairness. And then against the Dodgers, he only gave up one earned run, uh, two runs, but uh, only one earned. And then the start before that, he was good. So it's just very... Don't get me wrong, uh, you should definitely expect regression. Don't be surprised by regression from any pitcher, especially when you just go look at StatCast if you see the spin rates go down for sure. But don't start thinking that this was the best we were going to see of Musgrove and that that's it. I still think uh, to a good extent that all the sliders, all the off-speed stuff, not just the curveball, has been very good this year. And I've said before that his curveball can hang in there sometimes. This isn't the best curveball, curveball in the league or the best curveball of all time. This ain't no Greg Maddox. I have no idea if Greg Maddox threw a curveball. I'm just bringing out a you know, Hall of Fame pitcher for comparison reasons. You know, he's not the all-time greatest pitcher. It's going to hang up in there, and sometimes people are just going to take him deep. And I actually thought that the Trey Turner home run was just a, a, a somewhat good piece of hitting. He clearly tracked the pitch well and everything, and Trey Turner is a good player. So I wasn't too concerned, although it should be brought up that we maybe shouldn't expect uh, – Always for Joe Musgrove to go out there and just wipe out the other team. I think that Darvish even, you've seen Darvish struggle a little bit over some of his starts that I think that the spin rate stuff to an extent is real. But how real, that has remained to be seen. Um, But in terms of the rest of the game, guys, like I said, it was actually a pretty exciting game. Uh, The Padres do score five runs in this one. Starting with a Trent Grisham hit by pitch that allows in the bases scoring, uh, the bases loaded situation to allow one to score, and Hassan Kim actually doubles to left, allowing Manny Machado and Will Myers to score in that same inning. We also get a Fernando Tatis Jr. yeet of a home run. It only goes 375 feet, but it was the fastest exit velo of his like career uh, off the home run. He actually yeeted it, and it was a good. It wasn't not it's not necessarily a good pitch, but it wasn't a pitch that was right in the middle of the zone. It was low, uh, and he just tracked it and absolutely murked it. So shouts to that. Will Myers also gets an RBI double in this game. Unfortunately, though, Josh Bell gets a homer, and Alcides Escobar gets a ground rule double. Uh, that ends up being kind of the 7-5, the last run that they score of the game, and the Padres are unable to come back. But still, the offense was still, this wasn't some, oh man, the offense was bad. No, it was like, it was okay, and it, it happens. And Manny had his first, I guess, mortal game in a little bit, only going, uh, oh, he went 0-3 in this game with two walks. He only walked twice, guys, uh, Manny Machado. It did seem like they were a little scared of him to throw his way. And another thing that I saw, granted, it is Twitter, but some people are saying, you know, start Hassan Kim instead of Eric Hosmer. Here's all I'll say about that. I still think that Eric Hosmer is still probably a better hitter at this point than Hassan Kim. But you can't tell me that it's that great of a discrepancy where I'm not willing to give uh, Hassan Kim some more starts. Maybe start him at second base or hey, even shortstop sometimes with the way Tatis plays. But obviously Tatis is playing shortstop. And we'll get to him in one second. Um, and just have Jay Cronenworth play first. Because Eric Hosmer, you can't even say he has a good glove. That's the thing that's crazy about him. It's not only has he been just a, a liability at the plate and he hits everything on the ground seemingly 
showing no willingness to change his swing whatsoever. It's even the slightest, uh, despite the fact what we saw from last year. And, you know, that's what's so frustrating. And it's not like he's even a good glove. He's getting paid way too much. Even Will Myers has been better than him. And Will Myers, all of his metrics haven't been very good either. He is not hitting the ball hard. He's not barreling the ball particularly hard either. And he's still striking out and chasing pitches out of the zone. It's not really great for Will Myers, but somehow still has been more productive than Eric Hosmer, at least at the plate, which is uh, not a good sign, guys. So let's just say starting Hassan Kim instead of him, it isn't an idea that we should immediately dismiss. I don't think you do that, but it isn't an idea that you immediately dismiss. And I think last night was a good example of that. Plus, he's a great glove, and that is for sure, even if his bat is still kind of getting there. And the last thing I want to talk about, speaking of gloves and defense, uh, Tatis made an error last night, uh, a bad one, in which the ball kind of bounced off his glove. And look, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'm going to say. I told you about this. Tatis has been one of the worst defenders in baseball, if not the worst defender in baseball this year. But I'm really tired of the slander where people are just kind of looking for clout and people are just kind of saying, this is the worst defender I've ever seen that you've ever seen. Seriously? The worst one you've ever seen. You know, let's not start doing the Jeter comparisons or anything like that, right? So let's let's just calm down on that. Bottom line is this. Tatis was really bad his rookie year in like a small, somewhat sample size. He was exceptional last year, and this year he was bad, plus he has a shoulder injury. I think you have to give it a little bit more time before you start calling him the worst defender you've ever seen. I know that in sports rhetoric, we oftentimes like saying, that's the greatest play I've ever seen. This is the worst ever I've seen. Ever, ever, all time, goat, whatever. We're always talking using that rhetoric and kind of spiel and that vernacular, right? I get it. I get that everybody wants to ramp the engagement. But people need to calm down. He's super athletic, has a cannon of an arm, and he can he can dive for balls. I think that the range factor is heavily influenced by the shoulder. I do. I think that he's separate right now, and he might just have the yips. That's possible. They haven't really talked about it, but one thing I've mentioned before, Jerickson Profar, when he was with Oakland, made like maybe not as many errors as Tatis. I think it was like 18 around this point. So actually, it's it's fairly close. And they said that Oakland was worried that he had the yips, and then he was clean for the rest of the year. Errors isn't the only way to judge a shortstop, and especially any defensive player. It's important. It's important, certainly. But let's not make jump too far ahead of things. He's still super athletic and has the potential to be good. I'm just not buying that this guy is going to be the worst defensive shortstop like we've ever seen. So let's be careful on that. And also, uh, you're all exposing yourselves. Did you see his home run, damn it? And also, did you see the, cra- the, the catch that he had when he double jumped like he was Jack and Daxter? The double jump should be impossible. I didn't know human beings could do that. In my opinion, granted, I know even the aforementioned Derek Jeter would make plays where you're like, that guy clearly is a good fielder uh, with the over the... I'm just saying, when you watch Tatis, some of his great plays, I'm just saying, guys, does that really give you the vibe that we know he's going to be the worst shortstop defensively ever? No. So let's calm down on that. And that about does it for the game recap that went a little bit longer than I expected because of that Tatis rant. But before we get into the chat with Josh, guys, I need to talk to you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible 
for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure the pointless, seemingly intimidating questions of, oh, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Ooh, would you like extra or minus extra? Whatever the heck questions they ask from someone behind the computer or whatnot. Well, guess what, guys? You have your own computers and your own tablets and stuff that you can use to log on to rockout.com and save time and money. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They're very reliable in terms of the prices and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortal, and even new carpet. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And one more message, guys, and then we're talking to Josh. All right, everybody, as promised, as prophesized, I am being joined by, for the first time on this podcast, even though we've spoken many times, the host of the Locked On Nationals podcast and doer of other things, too. But that's the most important at hand. Mr. Josh Neighbors, how are you doing? Uh, you're incorrect. It's the Locked On Injuries podcast. That is what it's it's been for the last week. Uh, no, I'm great. I'm glad to. Glad to talk to you again. It's been a little while, so mm-hmm. we've got a, we've got a lot to discuss. Uh, both teams at very fun places. So happy July Fourth to you. But uh, yeah. yes, we are recording this indeed on uh, July Fourth, late at night. Yankees Mets game just ended. That's the time we chose for some reason. Uh, man, that is some, it's, it's some reason. Hold on, <laughs> you know the reason, right? What is the reason? You, dude. I guess I probably shouldn't say this. I, I've this is not public knowledge. I'm going to cut this part out. I'm a Mets fan. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did know that. <laughs> I mean, I did know that, but <laughs> you're going to have to cut it out. It's going to be like, I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a, yeah, they won't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, just because you decided, hey, look, you submitted that forward for the record, man. This is all on you. That is, that is um, fine. Okay. But anyway, um, that's why we, we, we had to wait until after that game. And then I just figured, let's get this crossover in. You know, it's it's a big four-game series uh, that is in San Diego. And like you said, locked on injuries. I guess let's, let's just start, jump right into it. What has been the storyline, which I assume is going to be injuries and whatnot? What yes. is kind of the the outside kind of for, for Padres fans who might not be familiar? What exactly is going on with the Nationals right now? All right, so the Nats had one of the best records in baseball for the last 15 games. Or it is actually longer than that, but... Basically, since June 13th through July 2nd, they were 14 and five. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part because Kyle Schwarber began hitting in the leadoff spot. So one talking point that I had a bunch was this team does not have a true one, two, three. It kept bouncing. They couldn't find that continuity. They eventually went with Schwarber, Turner, and Soto, one, two, and three. And it really worked out for them, especially because Kyle Schwarber began to rake, but not just him, the mm-hmm. guys, I mean, Trey Turner was killing the ball too, and, and Juan Soto did a great job. Um, and then what happened was on their last game of the series previous, uh, Trey Turner gets injured. His backup, Jordy Mercer, gets injured. And then on the Friday night game against the Dodgers, Kyle Schwarber strains his hamstring pretty significantly, and he is injured. So the Nats mm-hmm. are down not one, but two shortstops. They are down, uh, well, middle infielders, I should say. They are down Kyle Schwarber, the left fielder. And then they lose Alex Avila, who is their backup catcher, who they made play second base, and then pulled both uh, pulled muscles in both of his legs 
because he's never played second he has never played second base before. Yeah. So he pulls muscles in both of his legs. Jan Gomes, their catcher, gets hit the last night or on Saturday night. And so Trace Barrera, uh, their third catcher, played today. Alcides Escobar, who was once a Kansas City Royal, has not played the majors in uh, over two years. They traded for him, and he played today. Gerardo Parra, who was in Japan, or well, somewhere the far east recently, playing mm-hmm. baseball, started today. So the Nationals are all over the place. And also Tanner Rainey, Daniel Hudson, and Kyle Finnegan, three of their bullpen guys who all ended up being their setup guy, uh, all are out. So basically they're on their fourth setup guy because Hudson, Rainey, and Finnegan all at one point were the eighth inning guy after each one of them got hurt uh, for Rainey and uh, Finnegan. And now they're on whoever, whoever they want, I guess I can say. In the eighth inning. So they're real, and not to mention Steven Strasburg is out, as well as Eric Fetty, who is not supposed to be a starter, but has now fit into the rotation because of other injuries. So they're really banged up. They are extremely banged up. And it's a bad time for it because they play the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants in consecutive series. All those teams, as you guys know in this podcast, are very good. And the Nationals, <laughs> it's the wrong time to be not 100%. Wow. I yeah. mean, holy God. So it's funny because, you know, there, there have been other teams that have definitely suffered through injuries. Don't get me wrong. But the Nats you talked about, uh, I don't know if you, I assume you said it on your podcast too, but just in terms of talking to me, just every, a lot of things would have to go right for the Nats to be good this year. Yes. And the Schwarber thing has been awesome. He's got 25 home runs right now. I mean, I've always thought he was a little bit overrated of a player, but I mean, it's, he seems to put it together. Then he gets this injury and, Soto, one of the five most untradeable players in baseball. A little bit of a slow start for our guy, yeah. Juan Soto. A little yeah, bit of totally a slow fair. start. Yeah. Um, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Still as entertaining and at bat, I must say. The, the, the most, I'm all the for most it. entertaining at bat in baseball. Hey, look, it's, it's I crazy. know it's a little dub. Is it a little dub when you see him doing the little shimmy like after like ball one and you're down by five? Yeah, it could be a little cheesy, but who cares? I'm all for dumb things yeah. in baseball, even if they're a little bit silly and not like right. as cool. Most people, I, this, is, this is my take, most people celebrating and doing those like silly celebrations, whatever it is, it usually looks a little silly. It's very rare that someone looks very cool <laughs> doing certain things. You know what's sports. funny, Javi? I didn't mention this. So I Go called... I call games for Marymount University, which is a triple A, oh, triple A. It's a division three school. Mm-hmm. And so they had their conference tournament last month. And there was a kid on one of the teams in the conference who did the Soto slide. Oh, really? Like, and like picked it up. The funny part was the kid would do it. And if you ever notice when Juan slides, oftentimes it's on a pitch that he believes was a ball. Mm-hmm. And if it's called a strike, he'll either look back at the umpire or smile back at the pitcher. Yeah. This kid would just look bewildered back at the umpire every time because the majority <laughs> of the time it was called a strike and he's like, "What are you talking about?" But yeah. no, I just I didn't throw that in. So it's 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 been noticed. It's been because I don't think people out like I think people outside of the Nationals who watch them like maybe you see them you know this weekend, mm-hmm. Padres fans might sit might say, "Oh, it's just doing that to be funny right now." Is this you know something that does you know somewhat? No, he does that. Every single at bat, like just every single at bat, he does that. So it's been picked up by others. I just had to mention that. He just does not stop. He does not stop. But no, he's constantly poking. Yeah, he's Patrick he's, Beverly. He's the Patrick yeah. Beverly. Oh man! Oh, I can't wait until we eventually. We got to touch on that a little bit. We, we, we'll we get at the we, very we, end of the podcast. We got to talk about the we, the we suds, uh, all that stuff. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. 
Bet online, guys, is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously, in full swing. You can check all the action there at Bet Online. It's awesome, right? And get all the latest news, odds, and info on not just baseball, but the NBA, NHL, and all our UFC, MMA action. The NBA Finals are starting tonight. That's really cool. So before the next pitch or tip-off, whatever your sport is, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive... You are 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You remember to use that promo code locked on, guys. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. But um, yeah, with the Nats, like you, you've said a lot, you know, a lot of injuries and stuff. And right. it kind of stinks because they they have, you know, they're a little top heavy, definitely for sure. But you know, Strasburg is not, I mean, even when he was pitching, he looked a little bit struggling. I know that because he's in one of my fantasy teams and it's the worst. And I tried to trade him, I tried to trade him day friggin' one after we drafted i tried so hard desperately to get rid of him but you know he's not doing well right now and like you said with trey turner josh bell has been a whatever um he's got he's he's hit a lot better but still yeah not enough what are some are there any players that aside from some of the obvious ones like you mentioned with trey turner we just broke down Juan Soto being the most entertaining at that and we everybody knows about mad max right and we'll get to him in a little bit too but are there any sort of underrated uh, overlooked players maybe on the Nats that maybe Padres fans to look after when they're playing them for this series. And also, yeah, by the way, about the Dodgers thing, I didn't realize you got swept. So uh, yeah, that was great. great. Four games well, it, it, and a couple of those were bullpen games too. Like mm-hmm. the, the game, the game where it was Max Scherzer versus Urias, it was a 10-5 game. You say, oh, Scherzer got shelled. Scherzer actually pitched better than Urias did. The mm. bullpen collapsed because Right now, their seven, eight, nine guys are not—they're not there. You know, Brad mm-hmm. Hand's there, but they don't have anybody to hand it to him. And also, I forgot to mention: so the two guys that they would have called up to actually replace the middle infield mm-hmm. would have been Luis Garcia, who's played in, in the major leagues, and then Carter Kiba, who's been kind of a disappointing, uh, but but still top prospect guy. Mm-hmm. Both of them are injured. That's why they had mm-hmm. to trade. Also, some guy I've never heard of named Humberto Arteaga played shortstop on Saturday. I did not know who this man was. I've never heard of him in my life. Like, like I don't know if he was I, – I, right now, I could not tell you whether he was in the system or not because the Nationals have been making so many moves that I can't even keep track of what's happening right now. So just to full disclosure, that's, that's happening too. But, yeah, this, this weekend swept by the Dodgers, and I've been saying this is that, look, if you're going to play those three teams in the National League West, you better be at full strength to even co- try to compete with them. I think the Nats at full strength, best-case scenario, split with the Dodgers. If they're not at full strength, forget it. There's, I mean, Joe yeah, Ross man. today went went six plus innings, eleven Ks, two or three runs given up. It didn't matter; they couldn't contend with them. And the Dodgers used like nine pitchers today, mm-hmm. and it's like th- those teams out west they have far surpassed my expectations, especially your Padres, thirty and fifteen at home. I mean, sixty six percent winning, you know, winning percentage at home. Mm-hmm. That's that. Well, you know, look, there's still four games back and. It feels like in the non-big spots, they sometimes take some time off a little bit mm-hmm. at times. This weekend in Philadelphia, a good example of that. Yeah. But, but I mean, they, they're, they're gangbusters at home. Mm. 
Yeah, they're really good. And, you know, you know, that's the other thing. And I imagine you might ask me this question. I'm already predicting you were going to ask me about Blake Stell. Uh, he just went today. It was pretty good. He goes through four innings, but he did walk more than he struck out. So it was a fine outing, but he didn't give up any runs. He's hilarious. Have you even looked at his home road splits? That guy literally has like an ERA of nine on the road and then one at home. Very, very odd uh, for the Padres. But before we get into my team, last thing I wanted to bring up, yeah, I imagine. I, I, I didn't answer your question. Okay. What, what was the question anyway? It was, it was, it was, it was are there anybody underrated? That oh, he was yeah, I forgot. Uh, Josh Bell's been hitting the ball well. Okay. 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 Jan Gomes has been pretty good. Like he's a very okay. good hitting catcher. Also don't run on him. Uh, there's okay. a good chance to get thrown out. So what, what about my guy, my guy, Jay Hay, Josh Harrison, how is he holding up? Oh, he's been really, he's been really solid. Now uh, there were some times er- earlier in the season where they were dealing with COVID and injuries where Josh Harrison had to hit, Two and right now he's probably he's probably gonna lead off this mm-hmm. series if Trey Turner is not back, which we think he will be. So uh, for a guy that they've asked way too much of for his age and situation, he has performed very aptly. He's hitting around 280 this year. He's really strong stuff from from Jay Hay. So uh, the the other Jay Hay, I guess you could say, yeah, yeah. Josh Harrison, <laughs> the Josh the Josh squared combination, former Pirates squared combination on the right side of the infield, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has been doing very well as of late. So those two guys. Shout out to those guys. Now, I, I mean, the Padres fans, I'm going to be honest with you, man. This is all they're wondering. They, they, they've been asking me all season, what's going on with the Mad Max? What is going on? They're 40 and 42 right now. They're not trading. Right? Stop. They're not trading. Stop. He, says. he claims. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen. How many he games claims. Out of How many games out of there? They are. It's yeah, you do have a weird division, in fairness. Four, you do have yeah, a weird it, division. It, it, yeah, well, for as injured as the Nationals have been, Javi, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Mets the Mets had like a record-breaking 17 people on yeah. the injured list. Oh, yeah. So, and the Braves have been injured and not up to snuff, and same with the Phillies as well. So this division's for the taking, but the Nationals erased a nine-game deficit in like they, – they cut it to one or two mm-hmm. in like two weeks. So – so you're saying no way? No, no. With, with the way this team has played, the problem for them is now is that injuries have changed the equation. Yeah, they won't be as competitive with injuries, but, I, I mean, this team was, like, horrifying. Like, they, they were horrifying with, with Kyle Schwarber at, at, at one. I mean, if you, if you think about this, this, this is how I put it to you. With Schwarber hitting at that clip, Turner and Soto behind him, how many times can you in a game can you navigate that safely? You're not going to. You can't get through Schwarber, Turner, and Soto safely three times a day. And that sets up all the guys behind them, and they start to elevate in their play too. So they like the group they have, and the excuse for not selling right now is that they are healthy. They want Max back. They, they, they're going to – I mean, I think this team, because they've got uh, uh, Scherzer, Corbin, and uh, Strasburg locked up – well, not Scherzer, but uh, Strasburg and Corbin are locked up. Mm-hmm. Pitchings are bread and butter. That, that's what that's what they need to, to keep rolling. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think they have any ideas on trading Scherzer. Uh, they're still within five games of the division. If they can keep themselves within six or seven, they still know they can still they can win it with a hot run. And I think that's that's what they're going for. So uh, to your I to your people it. who ask, the people who ask, it's not happening. 
All right. I mean, you you told I'm just saying, will you get old takes exposed if this man is traded on July 30th? Well, look, I'm just you saying read the articles where it was where everybody's saying this is that. Yeah, every, is there that has never been a GM him? that has ever lied about players being available. No, for no. Them by. <laughs> Why? Look, look. OK, but I'm just saying, put yourself in the Nationals GM shoes. You uh-huh. saw your team make that big run by making one roster move. Also, while simultaneously losing pitching. It's not like they were they were healthy during this entire run. They were losing guys left and right while they got red hot. It wasn't until they got these devastating injuries to Turner and to Schwarber. Like as long as that front three has stayed intact in front of the lineup, they've won games. So if if I'm Mike Rizzo, I'm thinking, look, this thing can work. I just have to, you know, I might have to make a few more moves than I want to at the deadline to try to bolster this thing until everybody gets healthy. Do you think there'll be buyers at the deadline? I think they'll temper. I, look, I, I think they're gonna they're right on track for what I actually talked about. They're around 500, mm-hmm. which I said they'd be slightly above 500 at the end of the season. And I think that at, well, here's the thing: their schedule at the back end, hobby is really easy. So mm-hmm. this stretch might be hard, but their last 70 games pretty easy. So I think it's about survival mode right now, which mm-hmm. which wasn't the case a week ago, right? You're not talking about surviving. You're talking about hey. This is the hottest team in baseball, and they're going to bring their show out west and see what they can do with it. That, that's what we were talking about a week ago. Now it's like now you're, it's survival mode. So if they want to make some moves to survive, a couple moves to survive, I think it's the right play and see where you can get it because the championship window for this team is not closing, but for this group specifically, it's getting a bit shorter. I would make a couple moves, don't give up too much, and then see if you can get healthy and, and try to do the best you can. I respect it, man. And even just some of their basic stats, like batting average, they're sixth in the league, seventh and on base. The runs and home runs aren't coming fully together, but then their yeah. pitching stuff is considering the injuries and all that. It's not too bad. 14th in ERA, 10th in batting average against 11th in whip. It's not the worst stuff in the world. So yeah. it's it's definitely a mid-league team that might get better. And cut, everybody. That is it for part one of my chat with Mr. Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. Before we kind of wrap things up, let me just tell you today, on the Lockdown Today podcast, what's the key for the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Lockdown Today podcast. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Really good one there. And in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, of course, tomorrow, part two of my chat with Josh. Also going to be recapping... Um, for the beginning of that pod, whatever happens in tonight's game. Lots of cool sports stuff tonight. I'm, look, I'm a big Chris Paul fan, uh, believe me. And also in part two of our chat, we talk a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit about Chris Paul and whatnot. And we also get a little bit rowdy when it comes to Tatis, Trey Turner debate. Look, the, the chat tomorrow, I'm not approving of Josh. And if you guys want to come after him on Twitter, I more than uh, 100% welcome it. Uh, but that's for tomorrow's episode anyway, guys. And, of course, later on in the week, doing my 300th episode mailbag. So get me in those questions. Get me some questions. I need them really bad. Man, I'm in a crazy mood today. Um, and, of course, apologies, by the way, for the episode coming out a little bit later uh, than usual. My apologies for that. Look, I was really tired last night. It was like 3 o'clock. I, I just had so much work to do. But uh, hopefully um, tonight's game goes better 
I guess. Hopefully the Padres win tonight, and maybe we can gain some ground on the Dodgers, and especially the Giants, because, you know, unfortunately both of those teams lost yesterday, but the Padres also lost, so we didn't gain any ground. Uh, but with that all being said, guys, though, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.